Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And happy Throwback Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. We haven't done one of these in a long time. I feel like it's been forever. Because I think our listeners know now because of our schedules, we sort of, you we know. kind of do a chunk of them at a time. We, we chunk it out. Yeah. <laughs> we chunk it out. Exactly. And that's really gross. And I the last time we were <laughs> we were at uh, our, where we're teaching at New York Film Academy and we were working on Merrily We Roll Along, which happened, uh, what, two weekends ago? Two weekends ago. It's and done. And it was very good. We had a great time, everyone. We had a really good time. We were really proud. It's. I learned some things, though, Rob, from that show. What did you learn? That not everybody loves Sondheim. <laughs> That's... But you know, I'm so ignorant. So, like, not ignorant, but I get so in my. I love it so much, and I've known this show since I was 18, and it's. And, and this is how fans of this musical are. People that know it love it. However, if you don't know it, and you're not a big musical theater nerd. It's a tough show to get into, I found. It's very tough, because for the first 20 minutes, it's people just yelling at each other. Exactly. Although we didn't play it that way. No. It's it's 20 minutes of people being angry, and you don't know who's who, and you right? don't know what you're, you're like, supposed what to care about. Confusion of what the plot was. Like I, I can understand why in previews, they threw out the costumes and made them have t-shirts that said, like, <laughs> lawyer, <laughs> Frank. Frustrated director. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right? No. Um, yeah. No, that's so interesting. It's a, it is a hard... And you forget that, because when you're so in love with the piece, yeah. you become blind to it. But one of my favorite things to do when I see productions of Merrily mm-hmm. is bring someone who has not seen it before okay. so I can sit there and watch their reactions and be <laughs> like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, okay, but good for us. It, I, oh, I'm so proud that we did it. And I think that it's I think at an educational institution, you know, I don't think you're meant to be doing a show and try to make a big hit out of it. I think what you're trying to do is challenge and educate your students and, and, and force them to, well, in this case, you know, do a material that is very difficult. It has is so dense, and they I thought really rose to the occasion. Oh, our students really rose to the the challenge. And one of the things that we kept saying, I think we mentioned this before in previous podcasts, is mo- ninety most of our cast was international, right? So our Frank was from Colombia, our Mary was from Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. um, our uh, Beth was from Poland, Gussie, Gussie was, was from, from Russia. Russia. Yeah. So they all came with their own sensibility, mm-hmm. and watching them take their heritage and infuse it into Sondheim's. 
lyrics yeah. and actions and reactions I thought was really, really beautiful. But I'm really proud of them. Yeah. And I'm, pr- and I'm proud of you, Kevin. I'm proud made, of you. Oh, shucks. You made I it am. sound great. Thanks, we, old we friend. We had fun. It was, <laughs> I love that. That picture we took opening night, you, me, and uh, Catherine, the, your friend who's a choreographer, and we were <laughs> doing our little pinky thing. Although I really can't, show. I can't really do a pinky thing because my pinky's uh, deformed. Oh, I, have two I forgot deform- you've got that pinky Yeah, our, listen- our listeners can't see this, and maybe that's a good thing, but my pinky is literally the smallest finger it only goes about halfway up my ring finger. Uh, so it really, yeah, I'd say it is kind of, it's sweet, Kevin, it's tender, it's, it's, it's cute. Kevin looks a little nauseous. <laughs> Kevin looks a little nauseated. You look like a, like a husband who's watching their wife give childbirth for the first time, and she's like, are you sure you want to be in here, honey? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. You'll never forget. I love forget. your pinky, Rob. Oh, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Kevin. Um, what else is going on? Anything else? Because I haven't, oh, We're, we have to... You yeah. want to you want to you want to give a shout out you or show? Well, no, we both know. have things to shout out about. Ah, um, that's me screaming on Monday. So this will come out um, this Thursday. So on Monday the twenty third, I'm music directing a benefit oh, yes. for Abingdon Theater Companies, uh, doing uh, honoring BB Newworth, and we're doing and the world goes round in concert. And the planet spins. <laughs> there it is. And the world goes oh, around. There's those pipes and that I love. Round. Yeah, Katie Thompson is singing that song. Um, there's a, a cast of a ama- each song is sung by different. Broadway person um, and uh, Mar- Mary Beth Peel is singing my coloring book which is just heartbreaking um, the original Ula Katie Hoffman who is in her replacement Angie Schwar are singing the grass is always greener <gasps> which is very funny and they're um, it's great I'm just really happy with a lot of the work and I'm excited for Monday your friends are all celebrities well, that's wonderful do you, wait what lyrics do you use so <clears throat> what we're not gonna do the we're only gonna do it uh, the not the play out so because the song is basically two songs because they stop and then they do the little, yes you know yes the second part uh, they're gonna do the more because Angie is mother and she's lives you know has a family and Katie is not like that so Katie is like the star person with her face up on Sardis and uh, Angie's the you know she raised a daughter with stuff got it so it's good it's it's, it's fun it's a really but the whole evening is going to be a really fun event but we're doing something else on Wednesday next oh Wednesday. my gosh then you and I are collaborating again this is very exciting it's one of one of Rob's specials his concert one of his specials oh yeah. my god it makes me sound like I want NBC I love it um we are doing <laughs> Jen Tepper and I yep. the wonderful brilliant amazing Jen Tepper and I are doing a part two of our series, which is called Broadway Bound, the musicals that never came to Broadway. And what we did last, it's October 25th. Mm-hmm. It's at 7 o'clock and 9.30 at Feinstein's 54 Below. I'm singing at the 9.31. Oh, I was going to talk about your song. I was going to give you away as the preview, if I may. Yeah. So do you, should I tell them or should no, you tell, you tell them? them? I'm really excited. you've done excited. a lot of research because oh, you're, really, you know, you're so good. So one of the things that we're really excited about on this concert is, is that both the 7 o'clock and 9.30 are two totally separate bills. So you will hear 12 songs at 7 o'clock and 12 totally new songs at the 9.30 with a whole new cast it's not the same bill but kevin is singing i am very excited about this because i've taken a long time to find it and it finally fell in my lap look at this my feet are literally literally propelled off the ground in excitement so one of my favorite musicals is howard ashman and marvin hamlish's smile um which we've talked about on this podcast was was it a favorite thing it was a favorite thing at some point Uh, and people love the score right the song disneyland that a lot of girls sing uh women sing are from that i like to sing knott's berry farm Knott's Berry Farm. I want to go jam at Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, the scan does work pretty Thank well. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I was the original lyricist. Oh, my God. But actually, that brings me to my point, which is before Ashman and Hamlish, that's a hard thing to say, Ashman <laughs> and Hamlish wrote it, um, 
Marvin Hamlish was working on it with Carolyn Lee. Yes. The great lyricist Carolyn Lee from Little Me. Wildcat? Wildcat. And such songs as The Best Is Yet To Come. Uh, she worked with Cy um, Coleman a lot. Oh, she worked a lot with Cy Coleman. Anyway, they wrote an entire score for the show. Crazy. An entire score. And then a few months after they completed it, she passed. Mm. At 57. Too young. Like, I mean, way too young. 57. My favorite Carolyn Lee story is, did you ever hear the story about little me when they were rewriting Out of Town? Mm -hmm. And she came in one day and there was a new lyric on stage that she didn't write. Oh, shit. And she was like, where did this come from? And it was Bob Fosse and Cy Coleman and Neil Simon. And they're like, oh, we just needed something to like fill in, you know, uh, but we really like it. And she goes, oh, okay. It's a true story. She left the theater, pulled in a police officer from the street and said, I want to make a citizen's arrest. They're changing my words and that's illegal. That's a true story. <laughs> that she actually pulled in a police officer and was like, I want to make a citizen's arrest. We got to find arrest. someone who worked on that show. Uh, that's amazing. Right? Mm-hmm. So anyway... She died, and so they never completed the score. So what we finally have is the original score that Hamlish and Carolyn Lee wrote for Smile, and that and Kevin is singing one of the songs from that. How did you find that score? God bless him, Michael Levine. Michael Levine, one of who, our other guests. Who we had on a couple, yeah. of, a couple of weeks ago. The sheet ago. music master himself. And so we are going to debut. The song is called, do you remember the name of the song? Uh, walking, walking, walking in, in the, the Sunshine. Sun, walking, walking in the, in the sunshine. sunshine. It is so... It's a cute little charm song. I think so, too. It's like forecast, rainy and blowy. He oh, my it. God. Kevin it's so, it. yeah. Kevin knows it. And he's... When he, when, and like, uh, you, uh, rainy, windy and blowy, forecast, windy and snowy, you stole my heart and my galoshes melted away. I mean, come on. How charming. My galoshes. When do you get to say that in a lyric? And I'm so happy that you're getting to sing it because I think we had said this before. You, we, you usually, I give you a lot of ballads to sing usually. I, I do sing. I, I tend to you sing. You sound gorgeous, but well, I'm so I'm so happy that we're going to give you this big. fun to sing up tempo. I'm going to give you a, you're right. Oh, in a cabaret space? A always, you always up want tempo. an up-tempo. Like. So, but it's it's next week. Yeah. So if you're in town, please come. And like I said, it's really exciting because you're getting... If you come if you come to... I mean, both shows are amazing. But if you come to both, you're going to hear 24 songs that have not been heard. Most of them have not been heard in public before. It's really, it's, it's give us, who are some of the singers that are... Uh, oh, performing? Alice Ripley. Ooh, wait, that's cool. She's Alice, singing from Miss Hannigan's Revenge. She's singing Annie. She's singing You, You, You. From Annie, which too. is not from Annie Warbucks. No, the other the revised yeah. sequel. So we got Alice Ripley. We got um, uh, Kara Lindsay, who's oh, going to sing from Lone Kara. Star Love, <laughs> and she was telling us some stories today Ooh. about Lone Star Love and Randy Quaid, which I'm very excited about. We have uh, Caroline Bowman from Wicked. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Nick Rillo from Book mm-hmm. of Mormon, who's singing. Oh my God, this song is so cute. It's from Say Hello to Harvey. Which was a musical version of Harvey. Do you okay. remember the play with Jimmy Stewart, of course, Harvey? Yeah. Um, and uh, it w- the score is by Leslie Brickus. Ah, so, I like his name, Brickus. Did I say it right, Brickus? Sure. Yeah, not yeah. Brickus. Bur- Bur- no, Brickus. Yeah, Leslie Brickus. We're doing a song from William Finn's The Royal Family of Broadway. Ah, uh, which I think they're doing up in. Uh, oh yeah. So as soon as we put it into yeah. the script and we found a singer. Literally, Barrington announced. Yeah, Barrington. We're yeah. doing it next season, which is amazing. There's an amazing song from the show called "I Have Found" that a lot of women sing all the time. If the you, show is called "I Have Found." So, no, so sorry. The song, the it's show is called Finn. Like, yes. The show is William Finn's "The Royal Family of Broadway," but there's a song from it right. called "I Have Found." Carolee sang it in that the, Infinite Joy concert. She was like eight months pregnant yes, when she so, sang it. Yeah. So 
I, we were like, let's not do that one because everyone knows that one. So we're doing a song that we listened to today for the first time in rehearsal and it's hysterical called There's Too Much Drama in My Life. <laughs> and it's the song that the, the swashbuckling son sings. So anyway, awesome. come out. It's really amazing. Um, a, a former podcast, Lonnie Ackerman, oh, yeah. is going to be in it. She's singing A Mother's Kisses from Mother's Kisses. Mother's Kisses, she, yes. The B. Arthur musical. Right. But she is actually holding out the last note which is not at all like B. Arthur. Well, if B. Arthur was here, she would certainly not do that. She would speak the last note. So always. I told Lonnie, I'm like, you know, maybe we can just speak it. And Lonnie's like, I can hold it. I'm like, I know, but please. <laughs> for just for piano to, to honor to honor B. <laughs> and Rita Gardner. Rita Gardner is gonna sing from she was Grover's one of our Corners. Guests. Yeah. <gasps> Grover's Corners has a fascinating history to it. But I don't know. I, uh, come see the show. That's funny. I can. I, I, uh, yes, I'm going to move on. I'm going to say, come cool. see the show. All right. All right. Fair, All right. Fair, sorry. Fair. I got very excited. No, I love how excited you get. Um, okay. So I feel like Broadway Bound Part Two is my favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite thing? Oh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, Kevin. What? Ooh. I broke a rule. I broke our rule. Kevin and I have a rule, and the rule... Oh, maybe you haven't seen it, so that makes me happy. Kevin and I have a rule, and the rule is that we don't tell each other what the favorite Correct. thing is before we get on the air. So that way it's open and spontaneous. Right. Filled with spontaneity. That's right. Um, and I came across this clip, and I was like, this is amazing. I really need. I really wanted you to watch it before. Uh, so I sent it to you. You did? And I was like, I said, I usually break my rule... Oh, good. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Then I felt really guilty because I was like, oh, I shouldn't have sent it to him because that's so against oh, our so rules. I'm so mad that I, I missed it somehow. That's no, so that's okay. What is it, Rob? No. It, you, you want it? <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. Okay. You're so... <laughs> so one of the things that we always say in our description for our Thursday episodes, it's like this, this, but it's also bizarre television appearances. Right. I watched this. Oh, God. And I was like, this is the most bizarre interview I think I've ever... One of the most bizarre interviews I've ever seen in my oh, life. I love the old interviews, like when on those channels that you get, like Merv Griffin. Oh, yes. Because we've talked about this before. I'm sorry yes. to interrupt you, but no, no. I, they're fascinating because this is a time period in the 60s and 70s when no one knew that that stuff was going to be preserved forever. They thought they, was, they were not as precious about what they say in the interviews. No. And a lot of times they're very sexist. Uh, they're very... It's very raw and off the cuff. Whereas today, I feel like they're so planned they know it because something could go viral. They're all very yes. the stars are very put together always. Where I feel like you really get a sense of who they are sometimes in Merv Griffin and all these other you know interview. Oh yes, indeed. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, so. no, no. I no, and I think that's actually a really great way of segueing into this. This is actually from the David Letterman show. 
Oh. But like before he was had his own late night show, remember when he had like the Conan O'Brien song, yeah. like at twelve thirty? Yeah. Somebody put this together on YouTube, and I've never seen this, and I'm so fascinated, and I want our listeners to look it up. It is called, you have to YouTube it exactly like this, The Van Johnson Saga. The Van Johnson Saga. The Van Johnson Saga. Okay, so here we go. So Van Johnson, who, if our listeners are unaware, was a very popular film actor, mostly of musicals, in the 1940s and 50s. He was America's, I don't want to say heartthrob, but like the boy next door. Matinee Idol kind of thing? Matinee Idol. That's a great way of putting it. Who racked up 131 film credits. Wow. 131 film credits, all right? However, (laughs) it wasn't a big secret in Hollywood. There's a caveat here, isn't there? (laughs) That he was a big sassy queen. Oh, big old game. So even though the studio married him off and all that stuff, and like they were like, oh, you know, he's, you know, he just hasn't settled down with the white woman. He was like this big sassy queen. Okay. He did Lacajo Fole on Broadway he did. in the 80s. He took over for Gene Barry. Oh, wow. So the late show, it's him promoting Lacage. But he comes out Mm-mm. and is automatically rude to David Letterman. Rude to Paul Schaefer. The first thing he does is Letterman goes, I saw you off stage for making a face. And Van Johnson goes, Mr. Letterman, this new generation will be born deaf. How can you let music play that loud? <gasps> and then he does an old man tirade on David Letterman, makes all these obscure jokes that the audience doesn't get. <laughs> then he insults the audience. When they don't get jokes. So, for example, he was in a movie nobody remembers called 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. (laughs) Right? And David Letterman says, so, Mr. Johnson, we have about 30 seconds left. And he goes, 30 seconds over Tokyo. And he looks at the audience. And the audience is dead silent. He goes, too stupid. Went right over your heads, didn't it? He is sassy. He is queenie. And all he wants to do is talk about Lacajo Fall. Oh, my goodness. So David Letterman's like, so blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, Lacajo Fall, which is going to be at the palace. So he literally steamrolls David Letterman. But here's where the brilliance (laughs) is. The interview was apparently so notoriously bad that for the next four or five years, David Letterman consistently referenced Van Johnson as part of the interview. Now, the reason why you have to watch what's called the Van Johnson saga is because some YouTube genius compiled any time Van Johnson's name was referenced. That Dave would bring his name back up again. That Dave would bring up. And the last one he does is, do you know Chris Elliott, the comedian? Oh, of course, yes. He played a character, I want to get his name right here, named Johnny Graham, who did a call-in. <laughs> Sorry, it makes me laugh. Oh God, he it. did a call-in show where he would play piano. And he's like, hi, my name's Johnny Graham, and you just call in, and I'll just play whatever song you want. Oh. But he doesn't know any song anyone <laughs> is asking for, so he just plays Hello, Dolly. Oh, my God. But he keeps plugging his cabaret act, and these are the made-up names of his cabaret play venues that I'm like, if you work in the cabaret world in New York like I do, I like this is too accurate. The, the first place he's playing yeah. is called My Mama's Attic, which used to be jump dump trucks. <laughs> used to be called dump trucks, but now he's at my mama's attic. And in October, which is perfect for our month right now, he's doing <laughs> he's doing at Mama's Hat Box in the village, <laughs> which is different than my mama's attic, Mama's Hat Box, his Halloween spectacular called Pumpkins, Pumpkins, Pumpkins. <laughs> 
Wait, so this was like a sketch within like the in yeah, because Dave would do that. Yeah, like have a and at the end, Dave Letterman calls in. And is like you need to get off the air, and he goes, Mister Letterman, I'm so happy I could talk to you. Why were you so mean to that Mister Van Johnson? <gasps> and that's how it ends. So anyway, if you love musical comedy, if you really love those old movie musicals, watch the Van Johnson saga. Um, late night with David Letterman because it is kind of epic and kind of amazing. You had no, those were my notes. I, uh, I want to watch it as soon as we get done with this. So anyway, folks, that was very, very long, but very, mm. very exciting. Oh, I love it. It's the Van Johnson saga. Oof. Late night with David Letterman. Oof. Push through to the end to watch Chris I Elliott as Johnny Graham and Pumpkins, Pumpkins, Pumpkins. Uh. <laughs> at my mama's hat. At my mama's hat box. And my mama's hat box. Oh man! Well, this is uh, th- this is also uh, this is a movie that I am uh, featuring on our little favorite thing today. It was one of my. I'll get the popcorn. Fa- <laughs> it was one of my favorite movies in the college. You know how when you're in college, it's a very impressionable time, and you tend to like things that maybe you normally wouldn't like in real life. <clears throat> Sarah Brightman. But um, so. <laughs> oh, that shit again with you? No, I'm not. Do- I'm not. <laughs> I'm not talking about Sarah Brightman again. Okay, I'm not going to talk about Sarah Brightman. You always again. need to lay down after you talk about her. <laughs> nope, I'm okay. You get the but vapors. This movie came out in 2000 and this movie for musical theater because I just a, a gentle reminder that you know uh, the internet was not as big as it was in 2000 it was it was good but it wasn't like you had Robbie Roselle's not since his carry website and you had a couple other people you know but you didn't have uh, the, all the multimedia that we have today that you can just go online and find a bootleg yes. of Dear Evan Hansen which yes. you should not be watching but if you did there's places that you could go watch that well there were not a lot of Glee was, hadn't come out yet uh, there was just not a lot of movies made of musicals or had musical theater people in them so if when someone oh, yes. comes out and it's about not necessarily this one was not about musical theater per se it was about dance but at least it has its foot in that world and it's made by artists and you're like oh I connect to these people because they're young people trying to make it in New York City, and like that that sentiment is what this movie's about. Is it center stage? It most certainly is center stage. Do you stage. know I've never seen this? What? I've never seen center stage. Oh my goodness! Well, everyone listening, it's nice that you're here, but this is just for Rob today. Yeah, this is. Oh my gosh, teach Rob. me a it, wise right, one. So, well. It's not a perfect film, uh, and and I, I just I want to say that at the start. But it's awesome that it was made by Nick Heitner, who did gave us you know Miss Saigon and he gave us History Boys, and he was the head of the National Theater right after this movie oh, yeah. was made. Um, he had never really done any other films. This is his one sort of his big film, um, and it's a. It's basically about a, a, a fictitious dance school, not unlike SAB School of American Ballet or ABT American. Uh, you know uh, the, the one at the Joffrey. That's a, yeah. you know they filmed there actually at the Joffrey and Lincoln Center. Um, and it's just about um, a bunch of young people who are, are made it into the company, and it's their struggles and tribulations of of, of being in New York and being a, what it's like to be a performer, what it's like to have a commercial success versus financial, or you know selling out and all of that. But what I thought was what I think is really cool is that they hired. A lot of real ballet dancers to do stuff. They um, they hired um, Christopher Wielden, who is Sir Christopher Wielden, who is one of the most famous uh, ballet choreographers. Oh that yes, we have. the lead they hired, uh, who was a, who was the lead of um, SAB or ABT, uh, Ethan Stiefel, who's a very well known principal dancer. He it was at least in the in the early aughts, and I think he choreographs more now. Julie Kent was also a part in the in the in the movie. They played like the lead dancers, which they both were at ABT. Um, but then you have Peter Gallagher and Donna Murphy playing like the de- you know he's in charge of the school. Donna Murphy has a great scene at a ballet bar where she's oh it's it's a classic. Everyone who's seen this movie knows what I'm talking about. Where she's talking about where the dance comes from, 
and she like Where looks at the camera from? and she's she's got her hand resting on the ballet bar and she's like it doesn't come from here it comes from here and she taps the ballet bar when she says it it's a very it's a very earnest smart acting moment but Donna Murphy <laughs> is giving us it's amazing do, Rob do, do I see a tear in your and eye the d- the da- the music it's straight up nineties like all of the songs that you know from the nine like Jamiroquai and stuff like that are in the sc- but it's fun I it love I fun. love watching people should take to the Dawson's Creek <laughs> theme song it I don't really, want to wait I don't want to put our lives to the other this has a very uh, similar uh, sentiment um, and yet it's hopeful and it is part of how we all felt when we came to New York for the very first time and I like that celebration I also love the dance in it they go t- they take a class at you know Broadway Dance Center but they can't call it that but Priscilla Lopez is the dance instructor oh. so she's like she's the one who's teaching them you know the the popular dance that they do and there's a whole bunch of Broadway people in the, in the movie what are you laughing at I just, I just sorry I was thinking did, did any of them go stalk Cass Morgan like you did is that in the movie <laughs> this about this was right around the time is that when you were, you were I coming was to doing my, my heavy stalking because you know we <laughs> we didn't have the you know it was harder to stalk back then there was no <laughs> Facebook and all of that uh, but the script is hokey and it uh, you know and it is very on the nose and yet you what you do get to see is some really great dancing some a really fun silly little story about you know coming to New York and trying to make it in the arts uh, and and you have all you know theater people in the cast and and they do a great job and it's a fun it's a fun movie so se- I've never seen this and I've always wanted an excuse to watch I think you I just got it my you excuse. have to do it now I'll do it tonight some of the scene like when the two principal dancers that are principal dancers in the real ballet world when they have their book scenes I mean <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say they're not actors for a reason, but they're they're still given a, a yeoman's job. Dude, doing, oh, I love yo- I love that a yeoman's job. I don't even know what it means, Rob. I just something to say. Like like a like a like a yeah, real like, like they're hard their, workers, their, right? Oh yeah, they put their heart into it. Yeah, filming that scene in the state theater. <sighs> Do they blink and talk like this? Oh no, it's like the line readings are his like really tender. Why don't you dance? <laughs> Why don't you dance? Oh, that's good, Kevin. <laughs> I think you booked it. I feel like I just did a Meisner exercise. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, Center Stage from 2008. If you've, if you've seen it before, everyone, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's and I, fun, it's silly, and it's a good time. Okay, and once again, the Van Johnson saga. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm on excited. Late Night with David Letterman. You know why I want you to see it? He, Kevin, He, you're going to watch this, and you're going to go, oh, my God. That's blank. You're going to realize Van Johnson has a lot of similarities to someone that we've interviewed once before. Okay. But off the air, you're gonna have to, right. you have to tell All me right. okay. who you think it is. <laughs> Maybe our listeners can watch and, and take a guess. Yeah. So Van Johnson and oh Center gosh. Stage. Bye, everybody. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.